The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hi everybody, it's Rob Williams from the Generation X-Wing Podcast and Outer Rim Rookie. I want to send you guys and girls a very, very heartfelt congratulations on 200 episodes. I know how difficult it can be to organize and meet on a weekly basis and to edit a podcast and do the research and look into all the minutiae of Star Wars and just... It's, it's a lot of work, and you've done it for 200 episodes. It's, it's a big deal. This is a very big deal. And uh, I remember the first time that uh, we met Tumbling Saber was way, way back, a few years back, when the Star Wars Podcast Awards were going on, I think it was. And um, that's how we connected. And uh, it was nice to know there were some other Canadian podcasts out there who were focused on Star Wars. You guys were a lot more focused on Star Wars than we were, but it was still kind of cool to connect. And we got together, and we bonded, and we created this network, the Star Wars Commonwealth Network. And uh, it's been fantastic. It makes this job so much fun. And you guys make Star Wars so much fun. With all the books that you guys look into, all the, the rumors and research, and just plain fun of collecting, it's everything. You guys hit all buttons and uh it's it's appreciated by someone like me who um i go to you guys to learn information and uh then i promptly steal it and pass it on to our show (laughs) but any which way thank you very much uh on this now but uh thank you very much for everything you do thank you very much for being a friend an internet friend we will meet in person one day and uh all the best another 200 400 4000 whatever May the force be with you. Welcome back. It's time for episode 200 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. Special episode tonight. I'm I'm looking forward to this, man. Episode 200. Who would have thought it, guys? Woo! Now, this is one to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is 150 a milestone? No. No. <laughs> Every show's a milestone. Oh, boy. Well, I, no. Every let me show's just a reason to celebrate <laughs> yeah, that we made it through, made it through another week without without packing it up. <laughs> Cheers, Kigo. All right, uh, let me just start by saying thank you to Mr. Rob Williams, who you heard there to open the podcast. Uh, that it means a lot to me. Um, you know, as 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 another podcaster, uh, you know, podcasters are almost like uniquely suited to know what goes into creating these monstrosities week in week out. And, um, yeah, what Rob said was, was very heartfelt and genuine. I appreciate it so much. I I love what Rob does over at Gen X wing 
And uh, thank you, Rob, for your support and friendship over over the last few years. We can say that now. It's now been more than a, a year. It's been more than two years. It's been a few years, which is crazy. But uh, when when you said four thousand episodes, I'm I did throw up in my mouth just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> episode four thousand. We're almost there. Come on. You, you can hear my ventilator in the background. <laughs> But again, sincerely, Rob, thank you so much. Thank you so very much for that. I think I think it was a great way to open the show. Absolutely. Yeah, always appreciated. Um, okay. Before we go any deeper, I think I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention um, that the only reason we get to do what we do as podcasters is because uh, you know the launch of this is on Remembrance Day. So let's just take a minute to give thanks to those to the brave men and women who laid down their lives uh, so that we can sit here today so many years later and take this stupid space adventure so very seriously and and talk about it week in week out on over this internet thing what are we doing it's whatever we're doing that all this fun that we're having uh it's it's probably due to the uh incredible sacrifices made by uh, some really, really brave people generations ago and who, you know, the, the people who in the armed forces today. So happy Remembrance Day to all those who, who have served. Uh, we appreciate what you do and what you've done. And uh, thanks for allowing us to do this just so that we can be free to do this. All right. What's up, bro? Okay, so guys, I did the math on this. Um, since our first episode, which dropped... December 14th on in 2015, right before The Force Awakens came out, we've now published 200 episodes, including this one, of course, in 204 weeks, which I think is one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of. Like, uh, consistency has always been something I've struggled with personally, whether it's getting on an exercise plan or, oh, I'm going to eat really well this week and it lasts about six hours. Like I've always been unable to stick with something too for too 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 long, um, but I think it's, it says a lot about uh, this hobby, uh, our listeners and friends, and uh, about Star Wars, of course, that we've been able to be this consistent, and uh, not to mention the sixty-nine episodes of Sith Disturbers, mm. uh, thirty episodes of Journals Journals of the Willing. I think that's where we ended that twenty-two. Well, 22 episodes of, of Worthy of Recognition. Um, Bridge of Transmissions, another what, 10, 12 episodes there. Cannon fodder, saber rattling. Anyway, I think we're well over 300 podcasts since we started, and it's been a blast, but um, we don't get to this point without the people who have joined me on the podcast. Uh, going back to the first episodes with, with Roberto, and then uh, following by, by James and Corey. Uh, Carlos, you came in about a couple of years ago, uh, M, Michelle, Marie. Oh, can't, can't forget Steve also. Steve, uh... of course. Yeah, of course. Worthy of recognition for uh, Journals of the Willing. I'm starting to forget yeah. my own podcast now for, for a good <laughs> long while. Yeah. Uh, the Star Wars Commonwealth you know, for the support and camaraderie. camaraderie. And, uh, the, of course, the listeners who, who give us great feedback and great input all the time and and make all this worth it and of course especially our powerful friends who who are just the best the best 
So thank you guys. We'll talk more about 200 episodes further on as the episode goes along, but um, not not quite done with the thanks just yet. Now I want to thank Mr. Jeff Fishback from the Blue Milk Cafe and the Canto Cast for also jumping up, stepping up to the plate and becoming a powerful Jedi on Patreon. Thank you, sir, for the nice. for the bump in support. It's so much appreciated, and uh, welcome to to this mushrooming cl- cloud at the at the top tier of our Patreon level. Uh, we hope that you'll enjoy the full blast of of tumbling saber content. All right, guys. So th- that's it. We've we've arrived. It's. Hey, it's... Hey, hey, I, I want to ruminate for a second on uh, two hundred, Kyle. It's important. Anyway, it's been something, man. Like week in, week out, we still we like you said two hundred episodes in two hundred four weeks is it's something, man. And after all this time, I I look forward to it still week after week, and I think that says a lot for you know just us getting together and having a good time, you know, and. Honestly, Kyle, I just want to say thank you to you, as I always do, because that's the way it should be, you know, for keeping things on the rails, you know, reining it in, hurting the cats, however you want to call it. The show after show, it's your show. It's a big responsibility, and you've done a great job throughout the years. I mean, like you said, we're we're coming up on four years, man. That's kind of a big deal, and it's been a big part of our lives. And like you said, we've along the way met so many amazing people. We have such an amazing network, such a cool community of people, and now, like you said, amazing friends. It's uh, we're really lucky and blessed, and uh, I don't know. May the force be with the tumbling saber. Basically, it's uh, it's well, I think I think what's what I think is remarkable, and I don't, I can't speak for other podcasts, but I I know with this one, it's remarkable how many air quotes listeners. I like I don't even like to use the word because I feel like everybody who listens to us is now our friend, and they're they're, like we just happen to be here on the mic, but like they're here with us for sure, and uh, that's. I don't know how many other podcasts get to say that, that their listeners are their friends. And it's, it's a crazy, crazy group that we've come in, come across. And I mean that in the best way, for sure. And now, about from this point too, like if we're really thinking about when the pod actually started, where it was going, what we were maybe trying to be, I don't know, Kyle, it was your show again. Um, I don't know what you were really trying to get out of it, but whatever's <laughs> come of it is such a, like, you know, it's like, like some people make it a proprietary thing where they want to make money out of it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't think that's ever really been the goal here and whatever this has evolved into, it's been a really cool and beautiful thing, you know? So I think that's a big, big takeaway from that. Yeah, absolutely. Carlos, you were going to say something. Yeah. I was just going to say that um, uh, it's easy as uh, I, I can easily imagine how podcasters can um separate themselves from what they're doing behind the microphone and what the listeners are doing uh, with the, uh, the headphones on. And uh, as somebody who devours uh, as many podcasts as I uh, take part in, if not more, um, I truly do appreciate uh, everybody who sends in an email and, uh, leaves a review on iTunes or who becomes a powerful friend uh, and just follows along with us on Twitter or in the Facebook group, like that it really is the engine that drives this because yes, obviously Disney bought Star Wars and, and is putting out content, but if there's no one having a conversation, then we're just talking into the ether and that's not fun. And you guys make it fun. Um, I made it 
I mean, I think I made it fun before I joined the show and it's, it was that much more fun for me to join the show because of that. And um, yeah. So I just want to say to everybody, uh, keep it up. (laughs) We need you. (laughs) Yeah, we we definitely do. We definitely do. We we love the interactions and, and the support. And we'll, I think we're going to need, I just want to touch back on this, like, again, just from the beginning, like, this one I kind of wanted to say before is that, like, where we stand now, like, on the cusp of this deluge of Star Wars stuff, like, who would have thought we would have been here four years ago, you know, like, starting the first podcast? Like, now we're really, it seems like this is kind of what we've been waiting for in a way, if you want to say it like that. Like, just the, the amount of content that we have in the hopper, it's... It was a dream, right, growing up? Something out of a dream. Uh, yeah, I mean, once I didn't even really think about it. You know, once once I wrapped up with, with Return of the Jedi, I didn't think a lot about the prequels. You know, I thought about that that the lava, the volcano battle between Anakin and, and Obi-Wan, but I didn't go in depth about that how that whole story, and so that was a bonus. When that ended I was like, okay, now now it's really done. But and and I didn't think about it. So everything that comes along is like this this huge gift. And this franchise is is this infinite gift-giving machine. It's crazy. It just keeps on giving us things to talk about. Now, will it in 2020? I don't know. That that is definitely where our our community of listeners is going to come in and swoop in and 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 push us through that year, I think. But uh, man, it's it's been a heck of a ride so far. I've had a lot of fun. It has been tiring at times, and you know, of course, like beating a dead horse, recording late at night, doesn't get any easier. <laughs> nope. That never stops being difficult. But once once we hit record, the show starts, and we are into it. And week in week out, we we're in it. And I'm I I, I still look at that two hundred episodes in two hundred and four weeks number, and I'm still really proud of that number you know that's that's oh, crazy like curtains lights <laughs> that means like we've we average take off one week per year but when you sprinkle in the stuff that the, the you know the other episodes that the other side shows man we're literally <laughs> shows. gong shows side side shows whatever you want to call them <laughs> shit shows yep yep absolutely um yeah, we I mean we I think we've put out a lot of good content. And and long may it continue. I don't know that 4000 episodes is ever in in the cards. I don't even think that's mathematically possible uh, with a weekly show. But who knows? I mean, as long as we are having fun with this, we're we're going to keep going. As long as life allows us to do this, we'll we'll keep doing it. All right, let's uh, let's let's move forward here. Let's stop patting ourselves on the back. We've made it, guys. We've hit the arrival of Disney Plus. It's it's imminent. It's just around the corner. You know, if, if you're listening to this, still not signed up. <laughs> still not signed up. It looks like they're going to push us right until right until sign up day. Yeah, I called it. Six a.m. is when it launches Eastern Time on that's uh, right November twelfth. So if you if you want to get up extra early, hopefully you can you can sign up hopefully yeah hopefully you'll be able to you know roll out of bed 6 a.m go downstairs onto your ps4 your xbox 360 or xbox one or whatever it's at 
Or your laptop, right? Just your laptop. I got to imagine that you'll be able to log on to Disney Plus through your laptop. I can't imagine that would be an issue. But yeah, if it Apple's is, Apple's making an app for it, so it's going to be on the Apple TV. You can actually watch it on your iPad or on your iPhone through the app. Yeah, they but made a deal with iPhones. with Amazon. That's happening. You can watch it on your your Android. There'll be an app there. If you can't get it, it's because you are completely ill-equipped to live in 2019. That's that's it. <laughs> okay, so that that's right around the corner. Mandalorian is is right here. I can't wait, man. I can't wait to... Not necessarily... Like, I'm excited for the show, but I'm more excited, I think, for the experience of what this is going to do to our perception of Star Wars. And maybe we can talk about that, I don't know, later today or on another episode, but I'm stoked. And, And of course, 38 days from now is Rise of Skywalker. So it's it is everything is coming up Star Wars here and <laughs> it's 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 what a nutty time. What an absolutely nutty time. But Corey, I'm going to pass the baton over to you for our weekly collecting update. What do you got? Uh well, I just want to say first and foremost I have kind of explained to my girlfriend that if our son's already 2 days late, <laughs> he's still pretty comfortable up in the womb. So uh yeah, if he's born on the 12th, I'm pushing for Mando. What do Wait you guys think? As a name? Mando. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful name. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I said that as a joke last week. I, um, yeah, you probably don't want to do that. <laughs> you probably, yeah, probably. You probably don't want to do that. You're better off calling him Pedro. The, the, the bounty hunter formerly known as the Mandalorian. If you want to be really sneaky about it, call him Boba. Jeez, <laughs> you can call him Peter, and in your mind, just say that was for Pedro, or Robert, or Parker. for Bob, and then Bob is Boba. Bob, <laughs> Bob Rene. I have a feeling Corey's going to get overruled on all of this. Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do that anyway. Hey Corey, what would it, what was your name going to be if you were born January eighth instead of January 9th? Rumor has it, Elvis. Say that louder. Elvis. Wait, a li- say that a little louder and little a little cl- more clearly for the people at home. <clears throat> the um, king of a, a rock and roll. <laughs> actually, I was that was actually more of an audio test. That's speak loud like that. Do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. No, but that Nothing is that is actually true. Uh, if Corey Corey's birthday is January 9th, if he was born the eighth, my dad, the as an Elvis fanatic, was going to push for Elvis. <laughs> uh, luckily, we do not have to uh, contend with that. As as Corey came out the ninth. Yeah, I might not be here right now. <laughs> Bullied uh, to yeah. death. Good, good collecting update. Uh, kind of actually already wanted to get a bit of a jump start on Christmas stuff, so it was really out there, out and about looking around. And I, I mentioned it, Kyle. I don't care. It's a Marvel legend, but it was Scorpion. Such a sweet fig, man. Bit of a white whale for me. I've been really searching. It's been so, uh, sold out on Amazon for like three, four months. I really want to get this, like my own Sinister Six going on, and he's a big part of that. So had to get it. I saw him up there. I was just like, I had the, someone saw me just go. <gasps> Some someone saw the moment, you know, where I was like, gave a little turn, 
saw him, eyes wide, and I gave the, <gasps> and then I reached out and I grabbed him. But in, in the vein of Star Wars, like, Carlos, you're going to like this. Got the Lego BB-8 for my son for an upcoming <laughs> event. For Christmas? Uh, an upcoming event. Who knows? For an upcoming event. I don't know. Maybe Santa might be wanting to get him BB-8. I don't know. Ah, nice. Or another nice, thing. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Black Series. Black Series. I actually finally scored my, or finally came in the mail. Anyhow, Mace Windu from Amazon. Ooh. Yeah, sweet. Going to definitely need that with the what's coming in the future. And I, I pulled the trigger. <laughs> I was kind of lucky, actually, to find it. It was really in an odd spot. But uh, went to the local Toys R Us yesterday. Looking around, that's where I found that scorpion. But you know, I was in and out of the store because my girlfriend and I were in different stores and we kind of crossed paths, didn't see each other. Go back into the store, and in the middle aisle where there's more like baby children stuff, they had this whole Star Wars display along with IG 11. So <laughs> pulled the trigger. Yeah, he's he's everywhere. You could, I mean, it's not a problem to find IG 11 right now. Who is exactly if you want to, I mean, all you have to do is just find an IG 88. Give him a slight repaint. No, and the legs are different too. The legs are different. The bandoliers. The, the bandoliers are the biggest on. difference. And I think his neck. I think IG-11's neck is a little taller. The legs too. The legs look kind of different. And uh, I don't know. It just looked cool. And plus it was marked down. It was It's an exclusive. And it was already down to 20... 23.97. Yeah, which is odd. Yeah, it's and a 20% things- off sale at Toys R Us this week really odd also yeah like a lot of the new black series line as well yeah all, all of the, all all black series figures except for the archive line strangely enough but yeah all the new stuff is already marked down to 23.97 which is still a little bit of a ripoff uh carlos anything on your side uh no no collecting this week i think i've done enough <laughs> i've done enough <laughs> I, I built uh i built the um the imperial tie fighter from the han solo line i actually built that this morning and uh man what a gorgeous tie fighter holy cow yeah it's a nice one. Oh man it's so good um and it's nicely it, it's so different uh from the force awakens uh tie fighter which i mean it's the same size and uh, just the color scheme is so different that, that it doesn't feel like you're getting the same TIE fighter. Whereas previous models kind of resembled themselves so much. Uh, yeah, so I'm just uh, I'm just really, really happy with that. And um, I'm looking at the Toys R Us right now. I think everything, I, I don't know, a lot of the new stuff is already on 20% discounts on the Toys R Us. So I just wanted to say this about Lego is that people were saying that the Lego prices were a lot higher this time around. Uh, but I think it's part of their business plan uh, for their retailers uh, so that they can mark down the MSRP. Yeah. Um, it, it's part of their business plan. So uh, when you were looking at the, the Pisana speeder chase at 50 bucks, but it's going to be 40 bucks at Toys R Us on a consistent basis, which makes it a lot more palatable for people. Yeah. I feel like they have um, these one week sales once a month. Yeah. But this is online, like online. You could pretty much get right now. Kylo Ren's TIE fighter at 127 instead of 159. His shuttle. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, great prices. Really, really good prices. And I think it was part of Lego's business business plan uh, to uh, mark their stuff up higher on their own site uh, so that uh, other retailers who buy in bulk can actually, uh, you know, sell more. And um, kind of sucks for a Lego VIP who wants to collect the points, but uh, I think I might start looking elsewhere uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, buying uh, sets that are in stock. Yeah, you gotta you gotta jump on those good prices. Yeah, I think it's worth it, honestly. So, but uh, yeah, so no, no, uh, nothing else uh, in my collection, uh, and there probably won't be for uh, until <laughs> probably next month. But uh, <laughs> never know, never know. But uh, yeah, fun times. Well, you know, you you got this big Tie Fighter fetish going on now. You can't control that. That you know, when it strikes, it I strikes. I know, I know. I found I found the UCS Tie Fighter. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I found that at a really, really good price. Oh, that's like, that's, that's the, it's killing me. That's the top. It's killing mistress. me. Not, you know what? It sucks. It's because I mean, my kids need food. So I, there's like a, <laughs> there's do, a balance. Do, do they? Yeah. They kind of do. Cause yeah. they're growing, you know, I don't want to have them, you know, permanent brain damage and stuff like that. It's not worth it. Fair enough. Almost. That's fair. I suppose. <laughs> Although you'd be amazed, like if you just bought a big twenty-pound <laughs> bag of rice and just gave them that, they'd probably be fine. Yeah, it's not glamorous, yeah. and they'd probably be very upset with you. But what does that mean when you have a UCS Tie Fighter? <laughs> <laughs> that puts it all into perspective. <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Oh boy. Uh, I I've got an update which I'm pretty happy about i i picked up uh the retro collection luke which is fine i'm just gonna slowly build that set as you know i got 12 bucks here you go let's let's knock another one off here but i also got myself a carbonized sith trooper which oh it is unbelievably nice nice like it is if i had to part with all of my black series figures 40th anniversary set excluded if I could only keep one, it would be this this carbonized Sith Trooper. It's that nice. It's unbelievable. Man, oh man. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Corey didn't get it. Uh, no, I don't know. I get it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't actually I'm not a I don't need that one. I'm getting anyone any milk chocolate carbonized one, it's gonna be uh the Mando. No, this isn't milk chocolate carbonized. This is it they're like the color of the character, but they've got just got that. Oh, yeah, I remember those ones. That metallic sheen. So these, this is like flake metal red Sith trooper. So nice. Oh my god, that's a deep statement though to get rid of all of them except this one without even having seen the film. Just based on the, the look of the figure, I'd be right, very right, tempted right. just to dump all the rest <laughs> in the ocean. And keep that one just because it's it's that nice. And now I'm like I'm I'm really annoyed that I can't find any other carbonized figures out there at all. Nothing, zero. Yeah, I've never found. I've never seen a one in the wild. I have a I have a bad feeling that I may have walked by some at an EB Games and it didn't click because it's not what I was looking for at the time. But I'll just tell myself it was idiot. A, it may have been a white box. Stupid. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, so that was my update for the week. We'll see what pans out next week. Still haven't seen a Mando on the pegs in any shape, way, or form. But uh, that's that seems like that. Even the Mando is my white whale right now. I got one of those. I bet you do. Sure it, he, eventually, he's going to be on the pegs on mass for sure. Nope. <laughs> Especially since he comes, he's going to have multiple iterations of his armor. Yep. So that they he, already came up with the heavy, uh, the heavy armor. Yeah, we know well, that's him. It's, it it's a, I don't think a, it is a Mandalorian. I don't think it is. I, I saw somebody asked Yak Face if it was a new character or the Mando, and they said no, it's a new character. Take that with a grain of salt. Mm. Maybe he's wrong, but it's we'll Fenrow. see. Yeah, uh, don't laugh. It could be. Uh, anyway, so also from Yak Face, uh, he has a case breakdown of uh, another. What is this? This is Black Series. Yeah, this is vintage. Wave Wave 24 of the Black Series. So it's going to have uh, one Count Dooku, one Knight of Ren, two Zori Bliss, another Luke Skywalker Yavin Ceremony, uh, Clone Commander Bly, which has been unannounced to this point, and two Sith Jet Troopers, which are unannounced. So a couple surprises in, in there. And looking like... You know, there's a, there's a Knight of Ren and a Count Dooku, one per box. So you know those are going to be chased after. Yeah. And, and one co- uh, Clone Commander Bly, which you know is also going to be for sure pretty Th- hot. Those are, the one, those are the three I want. Right away, when I look at that box, I'm like, oh. Yeah, for sure. For, like, there's Dooku's a must for me. Knight of Ren, probably. Zori Bliss, I definitely want. And, geez, there's that Clone Commander Bly. And Sith Jet Trooper, those all I'll be they're wait and sees for me, but I'll probably definitely want them. Like as a collector, though, do you really need both the Yavin Ceremony Luke and the Yavin Luke? <laughs> like take away the metal, metal and ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? I don't know. Um, so I this is something else that's come up. Uh, I I'm wondering if it's going to break the backs of some collectors here specifically north of the border and talking about tariffs tariffs and if that is going to push the price of six inch black series to 34.99 canadian and that's that is kind of like a make or break point even 29.99 where we usually get that's a regular pricing for black series that's already higher than it needs to be but uh, pre-orders for the next waves of black series six inch figures are up at hasbro pulse and the first two waves, like they're listed at regular 1999 USD, but this next wave for 2020 is listed at 2149. So that that little mm. jump has people raising their eyebrows, and that's presumably because of the increase in, in tariffs, which uh, Hasbro CEO has said we have no choice. We're we're passing this on to our customers because they have to protect their gross margins. We're, uh, we don't know for sure. If those increases will happen to us here in Canada, but you're like, even if you convert, this is what's crazy. Like, even if you convert 2149 us, which is the elevated us price, when you convert that to Canadian dollars right now, it's 2833, which is still less than what we've been paying this whole, this whole time at 2999. Mm-hmm. It just shows like how screwed are we getting? But I, I wonder what, uh, Corey, what happens to you at a thirty-four ninety-nine price point? 
really really gonna have to start picking choosing those ones like a dooku for example like you know those one per box if you see it it's best to pull the trigger well like what happens but... you go to a toys r us and it, you see one dooku on the peg and one knight of ren well i'm going to dooku most likely i haven't seen the movie yet so that might change in a month or two but most likely going with the, the dooku but at the same time i feel like I know it's not going to happen because so many people get that plastic anxiety. It's just, I wish we could just kind of hold out together as a community and just be like, no, like we're not buying these. Let them just gather dust and wait for those sales. You know what I mean? Like uh, the nerd rooms rule of, you know, not purchasing above that, uh, that retail point. I'm sure the numbers would dip, you know, in, in response to just another spike spike in pricing but i don't know how significant it would be but it would it would you know it's going to put a dent like for me i'm i'm like that would be sort of it for me and i realized that uh, you know exclusives are kind of always at that price and i'm kind of okay with that but for the regular case of figures to be 34.99 yeah it's it's a, that's almost game over that's almost like a i'm waiting for in all cases now for the sale yeah, that's it. Like uh, we're talking about our Plo Koons and our Kit Fistos and things of those nature. If they keep bringing it that kind of straight fire, then I think they're gonna get me hooked. But you're gonna try and charge me thirty four ninety nine for a standard trooper. But is Commander Bly a, a standard trooper? No, he's Commander Bly. <laughs> I would definitely pay that kind of money. Yeah, I mean, they're such cool looking figures. Like I, I saw. It's all in the name, right? It's all in the name. It's Bly. Oh, my God. It's Cody. <gasps> it's Rex. Ah, It's Wolf. It's just a standard sergeant. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, a, it's all about those unique guys, the actual characters. But I, I saw Clone Commander Fox on the pegs today, which I had not seen yet. And it's such a cool-looking figure. Yeah, it looks great. And But the box, if you're a mint in box collector, which I like, that's my starting point. Like, I'll I'll buy it. And I'll keep it in box. And if I decide at some point I'll open it, then great, I'll open it. But the boxes were just dinged up. Like, past the point where I was ready to spend exclusive pricing on it. Like, it was, it was, the corners were all scuffed. Uh, the face of the box was, like, like looked like someone had dragged it across, like, like, sandpaper across it. Like, no, forget it. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, some jackass who did get a mint one did a tour and actually scuffed up these other ones so that he's got the the minty freshest one out there anyway that's sad it's a sad game yeah it really is like they they also had uh the imperial jump trooper which i really wanted but again too banged up so i left it there and i know i know dave donovan right now is going what do you mean the box was too dinged up so you left it (laughs) he doesn't understand this madness that we have all right, it's so, nice to have a minty fresh box. Yeah, oh, God. especially with the the retro collection I, or the vintage collection stuff. That card backs they just they just make me weak in the knees, man. Talking about fetishes, man, I love that packaging. All right, enough about collecting for now. Uh, let's uh, let's check in with another friend of ours. We got a we got a uh, got a voicemail from down under. Let's check it out. Hello, Tumbling Cyberinos. Wow, it's hard to believe that this is your two hundredth episode. 
It seems like only 100 episodes ago we were celebrating your 100th episode. That's mental. So I'd like to wish every person on the Tumbling Saber staff a big congratulations on such a milestone. Out of all the Star Wars podcasts out there, and there are a lot, you guys are my favourite Star Wars podcast that features Kubikwa brothers called Kyle and Corey. I truly mean that. This show has grown in ways none of us saw coming. I've been listening to Tumbling Saber since around episode 30 or 40, and while your lineup of exceptional and learned guest hosts has changed as time moved on, one thing has never wavered from the show, and that's Corey's habitual substance abuse. But it's not just that. It's Kyle's professionalism to consistently deliver a show week after week, despite Corey's habitual substance abuse. Through my contributions to this show, I've been honoured as a Knight of the Commonwealth, and I'm humbled that title was not revoked after Kyle read out the erotic tales of Carlos and Threepio. And I've never laughed so hard at anything more than hearing your reactions to the reading out of my choice of Star Wars calendar girls that no one asked for. The fact that deviant people like myself can add to the show and interact with a podcast of such high quality speaks volumes to Kyle's acceptance of us fans from all over the world. Through this show, I've made friends I've never met in person. I've gained brothers and sisters on the other side of the world. Most importantly, I've gained a family I know I can always nerd out with. My circle of geeky friends in Australia is very small, but when I take in my Tumbling Saver family, it is the greatest group of people I could ever wish to call my mates. I know that each milestone this amazing podcast reaches makes me feel proud to be a small part of something much larger. Where will we be when Kyle opens his 500th show, or the 1000th show? I know it seems crazy now, but I bet you thought recording 200 shows seemed an eternity away. But these things creep up on us, and I can't wait for every single one of them. Thank you to all of you guys. And there goes our buddy Matt Keegan from Australia. Matt, thank you so much, sir. And yes, you, Matt has been around for a long, long time with us, and he is one of my favorite people on the face of this planet. He's I, I Matt actually like inspires the shit out of me. Like his creativity and his he's a tour de force. That man, he gets it. I love you, Kigo. Who does not love themselves some Kigo? Uh, thank you so much, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. That was a hilarious yeah. message, Corey. What do you have to say for yourself and your habitual substance abuse? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that's that is uh, that is incorrect. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> time code that too. Corey is incorrect at thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah, Matt's one of my favorite people. Yeah, I know. I, he's such a multi-talented guy. Like, you know, he, he's he got me that... Uh, he, I have a copy of his DL-44 Han Solo's Blaster. And I'm like, man, I want to try my hand at this. I'm like, this guy has inspired me just be like, with the quality of his work to try it myself. And I'm just too chicken shit to actually go through with it. I see it over there. I'm drawing a, a, a Skywalker Saber. It's in this totally unfinished state. And it's been that way for literally four months and i'm just like i I can't do it I, I can't i can't live up to the greatness of the kigo one day one day i'll do it but yeah matt thank you sir thank you so so much for for everything 
New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com new to medicare go to myhealthpolicy.com with myhealthpolicy.com you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers start now to find a plan and apply online myhealthpolicy.com makes it easy to find a medicare advantage plan in your area including plans for zero dollars a month in plan premiums low out-of-pocket costs and expansive provider networks my decision my medicare MyHealthPolicy.com. All right, let us now check in with the introduction of Ming-Na Wen's character, guys, in The Mandalorian. Her name is Fennec Shand, and uh, this was reported to us early, early, early last week. And uh, so the, the, the quote from the piece says, The agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Mulan actor will appear as the assassin Fennec Shand, who crosses paths with Pedro Pascal's masked bounty hunter midway through the first season of the Disney Plus series, which launches with the streaming service's debut on November 12th. Guys, did you know that? No. Mandalorian launches with <laughs> Disney Plus on November 12th. Really? How do we sign up? Have I heard of it? I don't know. It's it's a mystery. Hopefully they tell us soon. <laughs> cool look, though, right? Like, I, There's not much to say about the character to this point, but Carlos, what do you, what do you make of Ming-Na Wen's entry into Star Wars? I'm just uh... <laughs> my 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 first thought was yeah cool keep giving me information I hope I could see it <laughs> yeah that's the caveat for everything hope I get to watch it <laughs> and uh, you know my heart is is saddened for our friends in the UK who have to wait until oh, the end God. of March ridiculous it, it, see, yeah it's, oh. it's just not fair and it's like. I'm I'm so interested. Like I, I but I, I want to see that first episode first before I want to get excited about halfway through the first season. Like it, it's tough to really, you know. There's so much going on that when I saw the news, it was like, okay, well, let me let me see the let me see the show first. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm at that point right now. It's not that I'm not enthusiastic about stuff. But we've been promised so many different things, and I just want to like this. This whole streaming service is—it's pretty much keeping me hostage right now. It really is occupying a lot of my brain. A lot of my brain. Holy cow, Corey! What do you think? I think it's a great casting call. First and foremost, I think it's a great scar. Great scar. It's like, oh boy, this card. I think it's a really, I don't know, just fits, you know, like uh, I think it's a great casting choice and very diverse, which is cool. Seems like she's going to be a really interesting character who's going to fit into the, I don't know, the layout of what the, we know thus far about the Mandalorian in this gritty setting. I'm not yeah. Too yeah, I mean, sure what's a lot about of talk about her being like, you know, uh, morally ambiguous and she's out for herself and she's you know you kind of expect that to be sort of 
the MO of this of this entire show and all the characters in it. But I'm totally into having her as part of the show. Like she was one of my favorite, easily one of my favorites on Agents of Shield. So I, I love this. I love the addition to the cast. So, can you believe she's in her like mid fifties? No, yes, yeah. insane, crazy, really crazy. But I, I also I like the description of her as as an assassin. Like we don't see that much in Star Wars. No, there's a lot of bounty hunters, but not never really assassins. Yeah, and the one we see was one of the coolest scenes in Star Wars, or at least Attack of the Clones, anyhow. Yeah, like Zam. Zam is one of the only assassins that we know. And that was that was kind of fun. Yeah, like, that was a I cool like sequence. With that. I love the I don't know the cinematography or the setting of course on there. For but sure, I, I don't know what to think about her, of her character. Like you said, the kind of like uh, this assassin type, like the fox, like they seem to mention a lot. Very cunning. I'm kind of wondering if she's well known and notorious and legendary, like she thinks the Mandalorian can possibly be. Like her, maybe. Seems like she's made almost a name for herself at this point. Like you also said, morally ambiguous. Like I almost get the impression that she's been sent to kill him, maybe. And we just don't know where her character is at, kind of. But it, it seems like she's the kind of one that character that's going to take a heel turn. You know, like she says, this character is going to have a bit of an evolution. So you can see it kind of being this morally ambiguous, somewhat villain who takes a heel turn, kind of like Callus, maybe. Or like just ends up doing the right thing eventually because reasons. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, like, what depending on the response to this character, if this is somebody who we could eventually see like a lot of spinoff material for. At least in yeah. comics. I, I could see that happening for sure. For sure. Like, again, she seems pretty notorious. You know what I mean? Like, she seems like a big player in this universe, like, not to be trifled with. Well, it's funny. Uh, somebody posted this, and it's somebody had figured this out within probably 30 seconds of, of the reveal of her name. But her last, Shand, her last name is yeah. the same last name as one of the members of Kanja Club. Yep. Hmm. Saw that. Yep. And that can't be an accident so i wonder if there's the an eventual a really small place yeah again like they've said that antilles is like the johnson of of star wars there's lots of people named antilles don't worry about that maybe maybe this maybe shand is the smith of star wars who knows all right uh so yeah looking forward to ming not when although we might have to wait a few weeks seems like maybe episode three four five is when we'll get to meet her yeah, I think they said mentioned something about the midway point in the yeah. season. It kind of makes sense, you know, like you always have this the midway point's kind of a big episode. It's uh not a milestone in your opinion, but it there's there's something usually that goes on there that's gonna transgress that leads us to the end of the season. And I think her character is gonna have a big part of that. Like she's gonna be trouble. Yeah, I I hope she plays an important role. I, I and I hope it's it's not one where she's killed off. Two episodes in. I hope she sticks around a while. I think she's going to go toe-to-toe with him, man. She could. Maybe she, maybe her and Cara Dune as well. I mean, Magna One is super physical. She's amazing with martial arts. And obviously with, with uh, Gina Carano, with her training, it seems like a natural fit to have them in an action sequence together, either with on, on the same team or, or against each other. You guys ready for the vaguest 
episode synopses synopsi of all time yeah <laughs> so the, the first three synopsis for the mandalorian came out uh today being sunday or at least really, i found yeah. out about it today Ooh. all right so episode one which is so called, this isn't spoilery right well it's it's officially announced the synopsis you guys ready to hear this yeah let's do it sure <laughs> you're probably gonna go are you sure that's not fake because i could have written that here we go episode one which is called chapter one a nice. Mandalorian bounty hunter tracks a target for a well-playing client. That's it? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> nice. All right. I'm happy. I like that. Vague. I said vague. Uh, episode two. Guess what it's called? Chapter two. That's correct. Target in hand, the Mandalorian must now contend with scavengers. Oh, oh man, now we know that he got it. Yeah. yeah, imagine that. They, oh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten words, and they spoiled episode one. <laughs> oh, man. Although, you spoiled episode one, Kyle. No, come on. this is Disney already releases. Do you think they're going to launch episode one of The Mandalorian, this amazing bounty hunter, and have his bounty slip through his fingers? We're going to. Yeah, that'd be so funny, eh? Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> Credits. No, that's actually a good point. Conceded. Episode three, Corey. What do you think? Episode, 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 episode three is called. Chapter. <laughs> yeah, chapter three. Correct. Your stock is rising, Corey. Oh, thanks, Kyle. <laughs> the battered Mandalorian returns to his client for a reward. Uh oh, <laughs> that was a rough two up first two episodes. <laughs> Well, I thought when I read Battered, I thought maybe he's ready to be deep fried. <laughs> he's like, stick a fork in me, Jerry. I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> so that that's so. That's it, guys. Oh, man. Those are the ep- officially revealed episode synopses, synopsi, synopsises. Uh, I don't need to see them. I'm pretty satisfied. He, he got his man, and now he wants to get paid. So that that's where the Warner Herzog. Uh, clip comes from probably episode three no i feel like this that's not necessarily true i feel like uh you might be dealing early on with more with carl weathers just character development wise get a, a deal with who the mando is once he gets his first bounty brings him into carl weathers you meet kind of a little few more characters carl weathers kind of like you know the warner herzard character gets mentioned maybe at that point which kind of makes the season it's, it's jumping off point you know it's not cory lay it all out here jeez that's the way, yeah, that's I the like way I feel. Brother. <laughs> yeah i guess we'll see i guess we'll see uh did you guys take in any of the new tv spots trailers or whatever from this past week there's been there's been a bunch no i know there was a there was a few but i stayed away from them on purpose i i saw i, I saw a couple of them but I, I, I was like like, where where IG Eleven speaks. Yeah, that was sounds cool. pretty cool. I didn't hear any Taiko Waititi at all in the voice. Granted, oh, it's no. two words, but it's I did not hear him in there. Roboticized, roboticized, big time. He sounded cool though. He sounded really cool. Yeah, dude, I'm so stoked, man. Like toy wise, I got the Mando, Cardoon, and IG Eleven. Man, like that's the trio right now. You know, it's like. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, not not much jumped out to me in terms of of new footage, but we also we did hear uh, the Regal Pigman's voice, and like they they didn't even try to hide it. Like it's full on blatant Nick Nolte. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even get that much Nolte out of it. <laughs> what? Yeah, man, I listened to it over and over, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you would ask me who is that. Oh, that's absolutely Nick Nolte. Oh, I, it, it was like stunning to me. It's like he just spoke into a microphone, and they just they just put the track in. They didn't touch it. Does he squeal? No, no, no squeal yet. You know, it's you know what's crazy though. It's like we we still have no story details at all. Even those three synopses, synopsi, synopsis, like <laughs> there's nothing. There's no details. It's it's equal parts interesting and frustrating, but we know a bounty hunter is going to hunt. We already kind of assume that he's good. He's best in the parsec. And he gets his bounty, and that's it. Like, that's what we know so far. I feel like if that's going to be the thing, start it up like that, then it's going to be the Werner Horzog uh, thing, whatever, with the Empire gets involved at that point. Chilled that, ch- that child we've heard about. And things take a turn from there, man, where he's going to have to walk that line or choose a side, kind of. Is he going to become that guy that's actually on the run? Or can he just give this bounty up and stay in control? Stick it to the Empire one more time. Yeah, he's going to have... Stick it! it. Looks, that's it. He's going to join that whole Cara Dune movement, whatever they're doing over there. Like, you know, she seems to be having having like her own resistance going on. You know, that, that handshake you see in the trailer at one point. Seems like he's finally coming to terms like, okay, this is the side I need to be on. Yeah, that's. I'm sure that'll be part of it. it one thing we we kind of don't speak enough about is that we're we're gonna get an entirely new Star Wars soundtrack to listen to. And not, I don't know that it will be available on Spotify on on the twelfth or anything like that, or available in, on CD. But uh, uh, Lud- Ludwig Göransson, I think, is the composer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be like this a mix of traditional symphonic stuff that we easily recognize. And like this electronic music, which yes. is which is something really new to Star Wars, and I think it's gonna work really well, man. Like I'm watching The Watchmen right now, and Trent Reznor is doing the Reznor, kind of like the, yeah, Reznor, sorry, whatever. He's doing the the soundtrack to it, and it works really well. It's I'm I'm digging it, and I can I feel like it would work well in this universe as well. I I think it. I mean, judging from the commercials. It sounds like it'll fit the show well, but I, I wonder if this is like a test balloon or could be used as a test balloon to see what type of music could be used in, in like all Star Wars across the board in the future. Like, would they have this this fusion type uh, style on the big screen? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're, they'd be willing to take that step. But, you know... Uh, I think, you know, Batman versus Superman has that kind of soundtrack. And it, for me, it works in some places, but not in others. I, I guess I just, when I'm expecting a symphonic score, I guess I have to be in a very specific uh, headspace to accept the the electronic side of it. 
like sometimes I find it can be very jarring, but we'll see how the, how the, uh, the Mando's uh, score plays out. All right. Looking forward to it. We got, we we're hours away at this point, but do you guys, do you guys think that the Mando, this show, uh, Corey, do you think it will heal the fan base? You know, just even ask that kind of question is odd to me. And to say it like that, it's, it's sad that it's kind of come to that point. You know what I mean? But uh, we ask ourselves this question a lot. <laughs> it's just uh, the, the uh, question now gets asked louder and louder. It's an odd question. Again, like, I'm not necessarily sure what exactly it means. You know, like, granted, I do think it, I don't think it's odd, but it a little, it is a little coincidental. It's coming out right so before episode nine. Like you want maybe some of that shattered fandom to kind of come together beforehand and rally and, you know, just to possibly amass the numbers for the movie. Uh, but, you know, Lucasfilm, Disney, I don't think necessarily that they've, we, we know that they do listen to the fandom and whatnot, but I don't necessarily know they're going to write stuff to appease the haters. You no. know what I mean? No. So I don't know how this show can possibly really heal the fan base from that point of view i mean yeah it seems like a very diverse cast uh you know i'm i'm not sure how like going back to the old school techniques or just being in this gritty world yeah okay like i don't i just don't see how what the, the difference or what the correlation is between like healing i think it's going to be great and i think it's going to be star wars and I think it's something to be celebrated amongst fandom. I just don't see how or why it should have to heal something or how it can actually do that anyway. I, I think it's just going to be amazing on its own, right? And hopefully it does do something to uh, for people that were really hurt by previous movies. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Well, what about you, Carlos? Do you think this has the potential to be some sort of uniting factor in... in in Star Wars fandom or, you know, business as usual. We're beyond that point. Yeah. Uh, th th there's not one thing that's going to be able to do that. It's too late. It's been fractured. There's, it's like, it's like the timeline when you remove one of the infinity stones. Can't go back. That's just what I feel. I, I, I'm not saying that they're not going to make good stuff, and I'm not saying some people aren't going to like some of the stuff, and other people might not like the same things. They're going to make enough stuff for it. I think they're going to make enough content for everyone to get something from it, be it maybe Fallen, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, or uh, maybe it's Mandalorian, maybe it's uh, the new trilogy, maybe, you know, uh, maybe it's the Cassian series. Maybe it's novels and comics. Uh, nobody's gonna like everything. So, well, no, I, I mean there are. I think there are people who will like everything, Nathan. And um, generally, uh, probably I, I yeah, Corey. I've, I've liked pretty much everything. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I think that's the minority right now. Yeah, I think I, that's I, probably no, twenty percent of of Star Wars fans are gonna like everything that they produce. And, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that you're liking it when you shouldn't, but there are people who 
are looking for things to hit certain notes for them. And uh, not everybody's going to be there, you know? And um, I think that's fine. I, I just don't expect the show to be the the glue to put things back together. I, I, we're, we're beyond that point. We, yeah, we, we are. We are. Yeah. Nothing, nothing can heal this fan base. Like, I don't even know if it needs healing. You know, I, I just. It doesn't. It doesn't need healing. What, what it needs is for babies to stop whining about it on well, Twitter. That, and that's that, just it. And, but the thing is like angry fanboys rarely move on from their grievances. Oh no, no, no. But I, I, no. I think the Mando could be like the kind of like, you know, the kind of thing that some fans will love to death. Like a lot of people have hated all this Disney era stuff, but I think this show, because it's gritty and badass and that's the way it's coming off. You know, I think some of those people who hate Disney Star Wars will go, oh, well, this is pretty cool because it's gritty and badass. And I like that. And like you mm-hmm. said, it's it's the notes that people want Star Wars to hit. Maybe yep. this will be your your favorite song off the album. Maybe that'll maybe that'll do it. Look, I, look on, on the weekend, uh, one of the biggest um, supporters of Disney Star Wars, Adam Lance Garcia, right? Uh, he He had a whole thread about how Rogue One has some cool parts, but it's not great. And that's his opinion. And he still loves Star Wars and he he loves the characters from the sequel trilogy. And some of his thoughts on, on Rogue One were like perplexing to me. And how could you make broad sweeping statements like, oh, there's no character development for a, a, a person like Cassian Andor when you know from the dialogue in the movie that he's been in the fight for since he's six years old and he's lost his whole family, which is why he could, uh, easily contemplate a, you know, uh, murder. uh, So early on in the film, the mercy kill, the mercy kill, (laughs) like it is what it is, but you can't say that there's no character to that. You know, there's no backstory to that character. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah, I, know I what think you mean. some it's people try too hard to. He he's trying too hard, trying too hard to push the sequel trilogy by denigrating uh, a standalone. I just I found it completely silly, and it's like, hey, listen, I I I I literally tweeted to him, uh, I I support your right to be wrong. You know, like it's okay, <laughs> it's it's okay to have a wrong opinion. That's completely fine. And guess what? He probably still likes it more than 99% of other movies that exist, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be a fight, you know? You know, he's not a duty head because he doesn't like the movie that I like. Well, yeah, like, we want tonight as part of our great Star Wars rewatch was Rogue One Night. Nice. Yeah. And I watch it, I'm like, this is such a well-made film. And I totally dug it front to back but when it still comes to the rankings like it still falls almost at the bottom because i'm just a saga guy like that that the saga movies hit more notes for me than than the standalones do but it's it's a weird juxtaposition because it's so much it's so well made that you think it it just deserves to be hired just for that like i i almost put the standalones on on a different list 
because I just I, I just you can't know find you put, a slot for you, them. And and if you want to put them on a on a different list, just because of the fact that they're not part of that saga, I respect that more than saying out of all ten Star Wars movies, it's seventh on my list. <laughs> like if if you like, and I'm not saying that you're wrong to 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 put it there, but if you're if you're judging it on a scale that cannot it can't be properly judged on, then take it out and judge it on a different scale. Yeah, because the I I don't know that the criteria, and everybody's criteria is going to be different. It's hard to have the criteria apply equally to the to the saga movies and to the standalones. It's it's difficult to do. Anyway, I definitely you know going back to the Mando, like I, it, it won't heal the fan base, but I think it's it stands a good chance of being some somewhat of a pacifier. For the people that are most likely to bitch and complain loudly online, like this could be the big Susie in their mouth. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they'll be like, "Oh, finally they made something good," and then Kylo sucks. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Like you would think that this could be the thing where they go, "Oh, finally they made something for me," but instead no. they'll go, "This is what we wanted all along, Disney." Yeah. Instead and of just Rise saying. Of Sky- Rise of Skywalker sucks. This and that. Blah, blah, blah. Ryan Johnson killed Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy doesn't know what she's doing. Bob Iger lied. <laughs> like, there's so much. Like, there, it doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't it, matter. You're right. It doesn't matter. They're going to complain no. about anything. At, yeah. No matter what. They, they've dug in. It's over. That's a thing, though. Like, people just dig in now more than ever. Yeah, but that's just—I mean, it's in fandoms, it's in sports, it's in, uh, it's in politics, it's everywhere, and th- there's no nuance anymore. So, that's offensive to me, Carlos. Yeah, well, you know what? You could suck it. <laughs> so, <laughs> suck what exactly? <laughs> listen, hey, this now. is not the show for this. Is not the show for this. This Decorum. is two hundred episodes of quality right now. Decorum matters. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about it on sit on sit disturbers. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I don't think anybody's gonna get mad at this Mando stuff. You know, for as much as people get mad about any uh, any of the theatrical stuff, I don't know. I, I, I already know the fa- the, the 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 certain fan base that's gonna be mad about this this show. It's gonna be when they realize that their theory about the Mandalorian being Boba Fett not coming to pass. That's it. It's over. The show's dead to them. No way. I mean, if anyone's already on that ship and set sail to that, then that's a lost cause, man. Like, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Though that's that's what I'm talking about. There's people right now who are doubling down on on their own little theories. I can't believe that someone would really give up on the show because they, they've made it abundantly clear that's not the case. They're already no, but they're no because they lied. Disney lies. You and McGregor had to lie. Disney hired JJ who lied about Khan. Yep, that's it. It's it's all like nothing. It doesn't make a difference. If as long as their the idea for their trilogy or their show or their what I mean, it's already going on about the Obi-Wan. Oh, Obi-Wan can't leave can't leave Tatooine because then he's not protecting Luke. And then oh, uh, Vader has to be in the Obi-Wan series because 
Uh, and it only makes sense if Obi-Wan leaves Tatooine. And it's like, <laughs> guys, could you let them write that? Wow, I almost, <laughs> dro- I almost dropped an F-bomb there. But can, can you, first of all, let them write the show and let them produce it? And when it comes out, watch it. You don't have to have an open mind, but just, it's not yours. Yeah. You're, <laughs> it's, it's not your story. You don't, yeah, you don't get a say. You could like it or not like it. And you could cry, and we all know who you are. <laughs> it's, it's not you that hard to figure out because it. they cry constantly. Yeah, you're crying well, about it on a public platform, and we all know who you are. So your opinion means less and less every single time you do that. It's like the boy who cried wolf. It, it, there's a reason why that fable, that parable, is is cliche at this point because that's the moral of the story. Well, you know what? I don't want this story to be so cliche that it has to appease uh, people like that. You know what I mean? Like, I still want this story to be nuanced and, you know, that's what I'm saying. But like healing what, man? Like just tell the story you need to tell. And if people don't like it, that's that's fine. I have a question. Do you want to go into the movie theater uh, and have a checklist and then have that whole checklist and then what and not have your mind blown and not have to think about anything that you just saw? Who, who I don't no. have a checklist going into any film. No, I know, but that that's because you're you're more balanced than the people we're talking about. But uh, like Kyle, I, I listened to the retrospective uh, on the uh, Talk Star Wars: The Roundtable for The Force Awakens. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, you had read all the spoilers, pretty much, and you kind of uh, knew, let's say, eighty percent of the film. Okay, but when you were in the theater, you were just enjoying the. You were just enjoying the theater, like the 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 show, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I did see that part, or oh yeah, I, I did read an article about that. But you weren't angry if your theory came to pass or not. You oh. were there to watch a movie because that's what that's what entertainment is. Like you, you're not, you don't get like bonus bucks because you 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 had the right theory and somebody else didn't. No, you know what? <clears throat> you don't win anything. You get nothing. You still get up and go to work the next day. The same crappy still... job you had this, the day you went to see the movie before you your head your head cannons validated or not. You're going to the, back to that same job the next day. Like, Look, nothing I, in your I, life I, changes. I'm sure there were people out there who had a theory about the last Jedi and they nailed it dead on. But you get that guy is still a fat soul who picks his nose. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> well, remember we did this thing. Uh, well, what will Luke's first words to Ray be? Yeah, but that's fun. We yeah, were having fun. fun. Nope. And we were all wrong. Did any of us throw a fit? What What was it? What were his first words? You're wasting your time go or away. go away. Yeah. <laughs> we never thought that. No, we were thinking like, oh, uh, I, I, I've been waiting for you. Or I knew, I, I knew this day would come. Something stupid and like. Overly, here? Like or... overly, over the top cheesy. Instead, it was like, go away. And we're like, holy shit. <laughs> so like when we do this, when we do this stuff, we're doing it for bragging rights between us. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting any Lucasfilm limited bucks. 
or yeah, points. Like my, crawl, my crawl was much better than all yours. Sure, I'm sure it was. So what, 55-ish? So much better. Hey, okay, Corey, cool. Uh, Corey, but, I, it's he, like the third time tonight I have to time code you because you're so wrong. <laughs> really? You don't need to. You, that's why you just want to erase it from time so people don't get to check and compare. Wrong. Sure. <clears throat> Either way, it's it's still like we're, we're doing it for fun. It's not not because, you know. By the way, you guys still owe me beer and smoke meat, but yep. whatever. I'm just saying, like, it's not a it's not a big deal, but to go online in the forums and uh, YouTube and 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 that and make everything so negative, like uh, whatever. I don't I don't want to be a part of that. I don't. I don't want to be a part of your hashtag. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I have to say, man. Like my my news feed is pretty squeaky clean for the most part man like i've weeded out some recent stuff where i'm like whoa whoa why is this showing up why is this person retweeting that take a little peruse i'm like whoa i don't know why i'm following this dude but uh for the most part yeah i I get it when people kind of repost things to like kind of almost try and defend themselves but i i don't have much discord in that uh, regard yeah and like i follow a lot of people but man, like my leaks and and spoilers and just general jackassery doesn't really get into my timeline. Yeah, I hear about things like oh, uh, I, I like I hear about a leak, and then I can choose to look like look into it or not. But it's I've like sometimes people say like oh man, like it just popped up in my timeline. Who are you following? Yeah, that's never happened to me. I get scared though. When that when people say that, like just block it and mute this, and I'm like, ah. yeah, mute a hashtag, mute a a keyword. That I mean, though this time of year, muting things and and all that kind of thing, like all the functions that you can use on Twitter to make sure stuff doesn't hit your timeline, use them. If you are spoiler phobic, use that those functions. They will save your experience. Anyway, I think uh, I think the Mando will serve. I think it'll be a good distraction once the Rise of Skywalker comes out, because like the finale for uh, season one is December twenty seventh, and we'll st- we'll be kind of like juggling our our thoughts about Episode nine and the like the 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 finale of Mando at, at the same time. But I I think we need like emphasis on need, like this Star Wars like in this format especially. You know, and I think to have something on streaming is going to be really amazing in terms of like just getting full production value in a in a live action TV format, but also also putting it behind like the Disney Plus wall. It's going to be awesome because there'll be no talk of like box office or tickets sold or anything like that. Like what well, we will never know. How many people are watching? And I think that is, I think that is super amazing for Star Wars because you, for better or worse, like box office talk is just overly weaponized. In term as like, well, it didn't make money, so therefore it sucks, and or it made a lot of money, therefore it's amazing. We'll know we'll know how good something is by how many seasons, and the stories they choose to tell. Like it's. 
that's not necessarily true. I think some stories need to finish early to keep their integrity. Well, like for Resistance, for example, it's two seasons. And that's just the story they had planned for it. But the shitbirds out there going, well, see, now this is, it, it's crap Star Wars. It's, it's nobody wanted that. And in, the fandom menace shouted it down and they canceled it after two seasons. Well, no, it's, that's the story they wanted to tell. So the Mando is at least going two seasons. Does it need to have eight seasons to be valid? Or could they tell, could it be done after three? Or does, when Disney looks at their own internal stats and goes, man, like, the Mando is killing it. Keep keep doing it. Keep churning out the uh, the stories. Or does it have a, a definite endpoint? Nobody's asked that question yet. My, my I, think, I think short is better than too long. Oh, it's definitely better to, yeah. Better yeah, to back out time. quickly. Is If you're telling a story and you've got an endpoint for it, wrap it up. Yeah. Move on to something else rather than drag it out for... Rebels, The Good Place... Avatar, Last Airbender, all prime examples. Yeah, tell, just, your, tell your story and move on. Uh, closing point here, I just think uh, in the age of killer television and on the horizon and the cusp of all these incredible streaming services, I think that this, I won't say heal, but it can possibly reinvigorate those kind of maybe a bit butt hurt by <laughs> past films. No, it won't. Say, I th- I think it can. I think those first three films can say, "Hey, you know what? It's re-sparked my interest in that universe, and it's going to make going to see this film, this episode nine, worth it as well." You think you think that's going to help people who've been butthurt by a movie? <laughs> They're already unhinged. Well, no, like- I won't say I'm not. I'm not saying the majority of people. I'm saying there's a there's a a percentage of people that are probably on the fence about Star Wars at the moment, after having seen this, it's going to reinvigorate and create Yeah, but a person who's spark. on the fence is not that person... No, but that's not the question either. ...threatening like, Ryan Johnson's life. Like... I can... He- I, okay, put it this way. I think it can heal a certain amount of reasonable people in the fan base that are on the fence. Okay. Maybe. Well, I, I think... Again, I... I it can I reinvigorate would, would... the spark for, for like, the... Like, I've seen people recently saying, oh, my Star Wars just went from like a one to 10 in the past week kind of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I feel like what, like I said before, like people will just, instead of saying this was great, fi- Star Wars finally made a story for me. Like this is my, this is my wheelhouse of Star Wars now. Instead of just leaving it at that, they just turn up the vitriol. And so, and go like, this, this is what I wanted all along, Disney. Instead of just saying, hey, nice work with the Mando, they make it about the other things that didn't make them happy. Because, you know, entitlement. Yeah, yeah they make it about them, though. That's yeah, exactly. We were That's right what, all along. That's what it <laughs> See, is. See, they made it's this one for us. Yeah, I mean, going back to the, like, the special editions, uh, the prequels for sure, the Clone Wars, every time a new thing in Star Wars comes along, there are people there to shout about it. And how terrible it is, and just leave it alone. And if, if you... If if you look, stick hold, hold on, but but they're they're right about the special edition, because <laughs> <laughs> that was just crap. No, no, no. some just of it's probably maybe not. No, no, the best some choice, of it's good. I mean, uh, look, the subtler changes someone... are. I think we're all 
for the much better. I some agree. Of, some most of the, the, most of the changes were good. Most of the changes were, especially in Empire, where they really did add something to the movie. But yeah, you know. so like some of the the big title, like the big big deal changes to the special editions, maybe were not super well liked, or maybe it's not super. I don't. know, Whatever. Who cares? But the point is, everything in Star Wars that's new gets yelled at or yelled about. And people get angry because it's not that thing that it once was. And that's 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 crappy. Don't be that. All right, let's uh, let's put the Mando aside and its healing properties aside for now. Let's uh, let's check out a couple of emails we got from from a couple of powerful friends. We've got uh, we've got Stu, the mighty Stu Baca writes in. Hey, mate, hope you and your family are well. Just wanted to congratulate you and Team Tumbling Saber on episode 2000. Uh, oops, sorry, that's 200. I know I've said this before, <laughs> but I can't thank you all enough for being such an inclusive, welcoming podcast. You've had an immense positive effect on how I interact with Star Wars fandom. I'm honored to call you all friends. Thank you, Kyle, Corey, Carlos, Michelle, Marie, James, Ads, Steve, Nathan, Sorry to whom I've missed. It's Friday night, and I've got a Saturday off, and I'm a few beers in, Stu. Cheers to that, man. So all you wonderful people, love you all, and may the Force be with you always. Love you, Stu. That's beautiful, man. There's somebody who, as again, has been there since the very, very early beginnings. Thank you, Stu. Love you, buddy. And so we also have one from our friend on the Emerald Isle. Dave says, congratulations, 200 episodes and must be hundreds of hours of friendship and fun. Can't thank you enough for all of it and hope it long, it long continues and we all get thousands more. So there's a theme here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to each and every one of you for all the companionship. You guys are the best. May the force be with you always. Your pal, Dave. Dave, thank you, my friend. Thank you Love so you, much. Dave. We we love Dave very, very much. Thank you. Dave, you're the best. All right, so let's let's uh move into the last phase of the show here. We've got a voicemail from Rick, and uh Rick likes likes to think it's a game changer. So let's let's hear what Rick has to say. Yeah, it's extra sweaty. Hey there, uh sabering tumberinos. It's Rick. And um the other day coming home from work. I had um, a bit of a revelation and it kind of shook me. So I'm going to leave that for a second. First of all, let me say congratulations on making it to your 200th episode. I know that's probably something that's not very easy to do. Um, I, but who, you know, maybe these last couple of years have been a gift, you know, with all the new content that we've gotten. You guys have had a ton to talk about and you um, you got me hooked. I don't remember what issue number or what the episode number it was that I started listening, but it's been quite a while. And as far as I'm concerned, you guys are part of my family. Um, you know, you've been in my car or in my ear uh, every week for the last year and a half or so I suppose um, and I've enjoyed every bit of it so cheers to you guys for that um, keep going that's all I can say Kyle don't let those other two knuckleheads drive you nuts 
because I'm sure they do. Anyway, so I'm coming home from work. Um, it was actually yesterday, um, Thursday, as I'm recording this, and uh, it just popped into my head that what if we've been looking at this whole balance of the force thing completely wrong? It's not about light side and dark side. Um, our balance of the force is, what if it's a balance between the cosmic and the living force? You know, there can't really be a balance if the good guys win or if the bad guys get too much power. That's not the balance that we are, that we should be looking for. So, you know, Qui-Gon talks about be mindful of living in the moment. And Luke's problem is that he wasn't. Yoda tells him that he was always looking off somewhere else. Um, you know, never his mind on where he was. And that's something that he had to learn again um, after the events of the original trilogy, it seems. You know, he's failed many times. And, you know, we have these prophecies that have come out in Ma in Master and Apprentice, um, which I can't quote them off the top of my head, but they're, it, since the everything is going to come to a head, whether it's been super intentional or not by J.J. Abrams or the story group around this trilogy, um, what if that's it? What if it's some kind of, you know, it, it's that balance between the living and the cosmic force that we'll see something more meta in The Rise of Skywalker, and it's not just about defeating an evil it's about like a, a convergence it's about this meeting of the force in these two ways and think about all the content that we've had Every, originally it was it's an energy field that you know surrounds us and binds all living things and blah 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 and then in the last two years we get you know stuff like uh, more force ghosts and you know how Qui-Gon managed to find his way back and, you know, things like the world between worlds where the cosmic forces become a little bit more of a focus, especially in the new canon since Disney took over. You know, what if the end of episode nine is Ray or Kylo or some way, both of them or Palpatine, whatever, finding some way to reach a balance, to be conscious in, conscious in one. And uh, it's hard to explain, but like, you know, you're in the real world, but you're using the cosmic force in a certain way like a force ghost would. Or as if you're a force ghost, you still have a way to have a foot in the real world physically. You know, what if that's the the, uh, the attainable balance? What if that's the, the actual balance of the force? Um, so again, it kind of shook me to my core to think that it's not just good guys and bad guys because there can never be any clear winner. But... If you look at, especially like the Mortis stuff, it's all there. It's all laid out for us that there has to be some kind of way to bridge both of those. To me, that's what is now making sense as we're like a month away from this movie. I can't shake it. And I don't know if it's going to be something of an expectation for me. I'm going to really try to temper it. And I hope I haven't shaken anybody not shaken, but I hope I haven't planted the idea that that's something that has to happen because who knows what they come up with. 
But to me, that's what seems to be making sense. So everything that we've learned about the the force and the lore around it, especially in the last four or five years, seems to be going this way for me, that there's going to be some kind of convergence between physical and metaphysical, living force, cosmic force. I don't know. There's just a lot, you know, especially looking at that Secrets of the Jedi book. Uh, Kyle, I'd sent you uh, a little screen grab of the balance that has the uh, the mosaic of um, the first Jedi, the uh, Jedi Prime, um, and the quote that's around that about me. You know, Luke says maybe we should look at kids and how they use the Force naturally because there is no bias one way, good or bad. It's just something that's innate in them, and that we lose it as we get bigger uh, or as we grow. Uh, you know, maybe that's something that the teachings of the Jedi have lost that innocence and you know ray possesses a certain naivete that could bring that back you know i i don't know i mean it's it's a crazy thought it's a way out thought i know this is another long voicemail for me but this was something that i felt was pretty huge you guys will be happy to know that i finally stopped sweating on wednesday and then yesterday as this thought came back to me i like had a different kind it was like a nervous sweat it's different it smells it's not good so listen, I'm going to let you guys talk about it in this monstrous episode, episode 200, and let you guys think about this for a little bit. I really, really want to know what you guys think, um, because like I said, it's been kind of etched in my brain for the last 24, 36 hours as, I, as I'm recording this. So check it out, Corey, Kyle, Carlos, Michelle, the other one. I'm losing names here, guys. You got you, Kyle. You got it. You got to trim it down. Okay, Marie. I'm joking, um, but um, you guys are fantastic. I love you all. You guys are part of my family. I know there's a lot of people that think likewise. I'm proud to be a Knight of the Commonwealth, as dubbed by uh, by you guys. Um, it's been kind of life changing the last year and a half or so, or two years of my listening podcast the way that I do. You guys are front and center in that, and. Um, you guys will never leave my playlist unless you stop producing content. And in that case, y'all are jerks. And uh, may that force be with you. And there goes our bestie, Rick, in Chicago. Rick, I'm not really sure uh, when you jumped on board either, but like from the very, very start of when Rick did come in, like he's he made himself almost immediately as like a pillar of our of our extended family. And like, it feels like Rick's been there since day one, which is so true. That's a testament to Rick. Like he is so enthusiastic about this, this star Wars thing. And he's so supportive of so many podcasts. Rick is just one of the best dudes out there in fandom. And he has a really cool jacket that looks like Cassian Andor's. Which he is Cassian Andor, <laughs> idiot. Sorry. <laughs> So Rick, thank you. Welcome to you. Thank you. Two weeks in a row, Rick has had like an extended cameo on the pod. Thank you for that, Rick. Love it. Yeah, honestly, like uh, your support, Rick. What you've done, like what Kyle just said, like it's uh, it's crazy, man. Like you're so involved, and we couldn't be more thankful. And like just having fun with it with you, man. It's it, yeah, it's been it's been a blast. But but as for Rick's question, uh, what if oh. balance of the force? <laughs> Did it make you sweaty too, Corey? Oh, I talked about him with this over the weekend. You know, <laughs> well, and, I guess that's uh, a yes. He I'll, was I'll... really looking forward for me to, to get my hands on this. And I told him, it's like, yeah, Saturday evening, I'll have a listen. 
And wow, man, I am extra, extra sweaty, sweaty. Well, you sit there with that, Corey. Carlos, what, what do you think uh, of the balance of the force really being about the cosmic versus living rather than just the light and dark? I, I love the theory of it. I, I just I don't I just don't think it holds any. Um, I, I really do like the idea because Qui Gon kind of he brings it up. You know, like be mindful of the living force. Mm-hmm. But Master Yoda said he should be mindful. You know, like there's uh, there, there's just you know that there's a push. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know that there's a conflict in the Jedi themselves. Yeah. It's, and, it's so and, jarring. Like, I, I love that you brought up that specific sequence at the, like, it's at the very top of Phantom Menace. Yeah. And, yeah. Right, and like, it's, it, sorry, not to interrupt. It's just, it's done on purpose to kind of create that fissure that, that allows for the fall of the Jedi. Yeah. And like, Lucas comes right out and punches you right in the face with it, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah, Qui-Gon yeah. telling Obi-Wan to f- like focus on the present. And, and Obi-Wan's like, but yeah, Yoda, Yoda told me to think about the future. And then oh, I think Qui-Gon's response is uh, not at the expense of the moment. Not exactly. But this is the funny thing, though. See, we're all, I think I've talked about this before. We all talk about that as like, oh, Qui-Gon. Yeah, Qui-Gon's the best. Qui-Gon's this and that. Obi-Wan is feeling Palpatine. Yeah, in that moment, he's like, <laughs> he's feeling Palpatine, and he knows that there's something bigger happening here, and Qui Gon quashes it. Yeah, shut up, kid. <laughs> that's so true. That's that's the like the uh, you know it took a few years for me to actually understand that, but it's it's actually quite great when you think about it, um, because we all love Qui Gon, we love Liam Neeson. Um, the first you know, force ghost, man. And in a way, he's great as a Jedi, but Obi-Wan is the real badass there because he's the one who's like, no, we, like, imagine Qui-Gon's like, what are you feeling? Maybe, maybe you know, talk, talk okay, yeah, we have, we have a miss, we have a, we have a mission, but what, what exactly are you feeling? Yeah, remember, remember that scene in Lethal Weapon where, where Murtaugh is talking about like all these loosely connected things and he's like, ah, nah, that's thin. And Riggs is like, no, 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 keep going with that. Think, like, tell me what you're feeling. And then, of course, it, it ends up taking them down down the path to solving the, 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 the crime. But yeah, yeah, it could have been that. Like, why didn't <laughs> Qui-Gon could have said, hey, let's take it. Let's go. Let's duck back into the room here. Like, tell me what you're feeling, kid. Yeah. But obviously, then there's no story. But uh, <laughs> Iris out credits because that's the thing. Like that's the the, the beauty that that George had for the prequels. Uh, okay, look, there were a lot of bad things about the prequels, uh, mainly the directing. But the good part of the prequels was writing from an endpoint. Like you know where the story ends, so you're able to really get there. Um. And you could slalom however you want, knowing what your endpoint is going to be, which is the opposite of what the sequel trilogy is, right? Like the sequel trilogy is like, okay, we know where it starts, but how does it finish? Yeah, that that's that that that's the the, the selling point of the prequels was you knew where it finished. So, um, I, I think that George 
really did some beautiful things in there. Uh, yeah, but like the, I think uh, the, the, the craziest thing that specific scene does is immediately like cut Yoda out at the knees. Yep. Because Qui Gon, not only does Qui Gon sort of like, you know, not at the expense of the moment, you know, but like that has the two things have, like it's got Yoda contradicting himself, because you know Empire Empire Yoda like tells Luke, he kind of admonishes him for uh, thinking about the future. Yeah, never on where you are, what you're doing. Right, like, like he. He gave Luke this the, the the riot act about dreaming about the future, but here's Obi Wan saying that Yoda told him to think about the future. So now, like we're like, wait a sec, did George Lucas completely? Did he does George Lucas know his own saga, or is he doing something like, you know, seeding the fall of the Jedi, where even like the great masters? That's exactly what he did. And that's you know, this is this I is give him the, so much credit for that. Yeah, it's like, that's be... exactly what he did. Because then Obi Wan also contradicts himself later, because uh, when uh, Qui Gon says, "I'll take Anakin as my Padawan," and then they're having a conversation, Obi Wan and Qui Gon, where Obi Wan's like, "Oh, if, if you were a little less stubborn, you'd be on the council." Yeah. So Obi Wan's op at the beginning of the movie. He's open to this this feeling of like you know what something else is happening here and then he's like bam straight back into the dogma you need to get on the council that's the dogma that's a good word and it's yeah what's great about master and apprentice by claudia gray is that like they offered qui-gon a seat on the council they kind of liked his they thought that they needed a dissenting voice on the council and qui-gon turned it down and that yeah. you know, that was a really interesting story. One that if you haven't read Master and Apprentice and you're able to read, you should probably check it out. It's really, really good. And if you're into yeah. prophecies and all that stuff. Yeah, really I heard it was stuff. fantastic. Hello. Yeah. But it goes to show, it just goes to show, you know, that Kiari Mundi is just a yes man. You know what I mean? Like, and he, he had he what, like what he had to two do brains? To is, that, is that the deal with that species? Cerulean? I don't know. Is that what they were? He just wanted a cushy, a cushy seat on the council, you know. Just did what he had to do. He's, a, he's able to have kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kiati Mundi, what a, another turkey on the council. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it's sort of like it. Not necessarily points to Qui Gon being correct. No, nope. but it's it's <clears throat> it kind of lends. Qui-Gon a little more weight you know and then when he when he becomes the first to force ghost like he kind of he explain he lays out the whole living and cosmic force to Yoda about how like living beings create the force which when they do you know when they die they power the cosmic force blah 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 like it's all pretty interesting stuff it's a little heady at times but you know like I don't I don't know enough about it to be honest to uh like how how does the living and cosmic force get out of balance in the first place but uh, I think I, I like Rick's theory a lot I just don't think we're going here in this trilogy Probably not Yeah that's that's the thing but it does offer like 
I disagree. Oh, you think so? You think we're going to get some cosmic force stuff? Yeah. I think we're already, we've already seen it. Yeah, but, I mean really? cosmic cosmic force has a lot to do with destiny, right? Yeah, big time. And destiny but, is a word that gets kicked around a lot. Cuz cuz Qui-Gon was about the living force. Not the cosmic well, force. They're, they're two different things. There's they're not one and the same. No, not... That's the question, right? That's no, it's not the question. Like they're they are two different things. No, no, no. But that's what I'm saying. Is like it's about the balance between the cosmic and the living force. Yeah, he's 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 saying that it can, which is deep, man. It's really deep. Is that it? Anyway, like. No, well, dude, I have a lot on this, man. Like, if it's my turn to speak, I'll let you guys have your peace, man. But if you want to go, uh, this is episode 200. If you want to go on a typical Cool Ray, Chop Rules, nonsensical rant, now's the time. And Rick, Rick, you got me sweaty. You got me ultra sweaty. There's a lot to be said on this. So if it's my turn to speak, then I'm going to tell you, Kyle, you had mentioned it. The cosmic force is basically, it's a primordial thing. It's essentially the fabric of space and time. Oh, boy. The living force is generated by life. And the force, and that's the force's sentient component. So basically, like you said, Kyle, the cosmic force feeds off the living force. So it's cyclical, right? And we've seen that kind of that transcendence of space and time, like Kyle, um, Rick had mentioned with in rebels with the world between worlds and stuff like that. I think we've kind of seen the transcendence of space and time in the last Jedi with, uh, Ray and Kylo's connection, the water hitting Kylo's or yeah, Kylo's face. Like that's basically what it is. So I absolutely love what, Rick is saying here, I don't know if they're necessarily going to have the time to get into something like that. But uh, I've been beating on this drum, man. A similar drum. We're definitely on the same in the same band. <laughs> We're on the same page. But the MacGuffin of this movie can't be some hidden fleet and the battle between just this an, an army a military thing. There's so much more to this film than that to me. And it's really about this imbalance that's come into play. And I really think they're going to have to, I don't want to say dumb it down, but that's the best way to say it right now. It's just kind of good simplify. and evil is to simplify things between good and evil, light and dark. But I like what Rick had said. If there's always that kind of, um, if you're looking at it from that angle, the light and the dark, if one's always on top, there's always going to be an imbalance. So there has to be something more to it in that regard. So I think something big is on the horizon for the force and rain Kylo are both the keys. I've said that for so long. I don't know what we're getting into here with like, if you start getting into the cosmic and the living force, if they start kind of trying to explain that possibly in this, we're going to get some prequel trilogy backlash with the Metachlorians thing. Cause that kind of comes into play here. But if they can do that without having to necessarily speak about it, when you talk about things like what I just mentioned, the transcendence in TLJ, that water hitting Kylo's face and that breaking space and time, I think the making of 
the rise of Skywalker or the art of shows that scene where they're fighting each other from different planets, possibly there's something there that we, the audience can basically drop, make their own conclusions on that part, like not having to explain it necessarily, but they'll use the dark and the light as that backdrop to really explain it and simplify and dumb things down. When you look at Palpatine coming back into the mix, their connection, the physical way, it seems like the wills of the force are coming in to be an integral part of this film. And it's going to boil down to an end game kind of thing for me. Like, like Rick was mentioning, like if you look at the back of Ray's black series toy right away, it took me off guard. I bought it the day of on force Friday. I was super stoked too, but it literally reads Ray continues to study the Jedi ways but she grows concerned about what the future and the force may hold in store for her, which means to me is that she knows she's read something. She studied deeply. She's not necessarily meeting these, reading these dogmatic teachings of the prequel trilogy Jedi. You know what I mean? She's reading these ancient texts and having a whole new understanding of what it is to be a Jedi. And when you look at the outtaken scene from, again, The Last Jedi, of where Luke is talking to her and telling her the pirate scene, right? He's saying, you just acted on instinct and you were, and that's it, you, you, were, you just were, you were Rey, and you had to do what you had to do. Like, that's what the Force kind of is, right? And it's not necessarily this, this dogmatic view that's been passed on through generation after generation of war after war and telephone style where everything has been lost in between it seems like rick had said she's this innocent person that's able to be this conduit for the future of the force to bring balance you know like kylo can possibly be a part of that as well and it's not necessarily saying at that point good versus evil it's a mixture of the two like i could see when you say she grows concerned about what the future of the force house has in store for her. You start wondering, you know, she's read something that's kind of like, like my destiny is not an easy one. The destiny of the Jedi is always difficult. And what she has to do is going to be very difficult to bring balance to the force in the sense that maybe even possibly she will have to turn to the dark side. I talked about this with you guys off there last week. The Sith, Sith have always been very truthful. Dooku was saying, hey man, a Sith is controlling everything. And they were like laughing it off. But maybe what Palpatine said to Anakin in some regard is true. To be a full force user, you need to know both sides. And maybe that is the case with Rey, that she knows she has to go down that dark path to be able to have a full understanding of the force to bring all aspects together. You know what I mean? Like, Something like that, that they're not going to mention the cosmic and the living per se, but it's going to all come together like that, where Ray has a balance of both through dark and light to make it more simplified, kind of. And uh, yeah, man, like, hope, like, obviously, she's going to come back from it, but it can possibly what Rick is kind of saying in a way is this balance is convergence like you had mentioned if it is of cosmic and living let it be dark or light 
it's that they can go either one of two ways. Either Ray brings a balance to the force in regards or to the ancient ways of using it in balancing dark and both light and continuing forward with the teachings of her new Jedi order or, or basically it comes to an end forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, if, if, if you balance cosmic and living to me, it's like the force has come to an end, but, but living what, things would she's... still continue to feed the force, but no, not necessarily. Like if what the balance of the living, like, feeding the cosmic i feel like it's an end to it all but if you balance the light and the dark then you can continue forward in this new vein it's, it's almost as if if you bring the balance to the cosmic in the living it goes dormant and just becomes null and void well it, i mean it did go dormant the, i mean at least the cosmic force after after return of the jedi it kind of went to sleep and that's the era that luke describes as having had balance Either way, that's that's kind of the way I see it. Is that if the cosmic and the living kind of converge and become one, then the force is no more, really. So I f I see it being a more of a balance of dark and light, and the force being able to move forward in in that regard, in a more general understanding of the force and what it can be and what it is, and an acceptance of both dark and light for the user. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> it's deep, man. Me and Rick, we're so on the same page. I, I, I hope you listened to that, Rick. I, typical rant, but uh, that's deep. You were deep. You got me thinking, man. And uh, like I said, man, th there's many aspects of the force we have to think about here. And like Rick, again, touching back on Jedi Prime, the original Jedi, it very much looks like that mosaic that he's talking about is of both yin and yang dark and light this guy wasn't like i'm all light and rah, 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 i'm jedi prime of light like this guy had a very it seemed like he had a very deep understanding of both and i've always said this many times i think the teachings have gotten lost over time and that ray has a handle on these books provides a great macguffin for this story for her to find out some truth about the past they can make things very, very interesting for this film. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there has to be some interesting stuff revealed in this film. Question. What if it's Ray's digging around that brings Palpatine back? Hey, that's interesting. That's a good take. That's pretty cool. I like that. Could possibly happen with her research, her studies. But I, I definitely, the, the back of that Black Series box really makes me think, man. It's a deep cut. I, I was really surprised they put that much out there. Which is like, funny because like, the CEO of Hasbro said, we don't put anything on the boxes. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good though, no? Continues to study the Jedi ways, but grows concerned about what the future and the Force may hold in store for her. Like to me, it seems like there's a big responsibility there. Something she's learned that she doesn't necessarily know she has the strength to take on. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's natural extension of show me. I want someone to show me my place in all this because she's concerned, uh, and also take your own responsibility and well, just double lightsaber saber ray it up. 
you know, by the time she says at the end of the movie where she's like, yeah, we're, how do we rebuild from all this? Like, to me, that the line on the back of the box is just that. Also, all the Mary Sue people right now. Like, oh, no, don't, I, don't, don't. No, it's true. Don't. No, all the, if, if any character aside from Leo could have done this, it's Ray. If any character ever needed to go to the dark side and was able to come back, it's Ray. She can do it at, in my eyes, the way I see it. Like I can think of all the characters, even if she was accepted to go down that part, that path, I know, I believe that she would be one of the only characters who would really be able to come back out of it. Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how Dark Ray plays into it. Maybe it's a vision that scares her or entices her. Even if it's not that, like, I just really believe that out of all, it's believable to me that she can turn dark and come back. Like, I wouldn't be able to say that about many Jedi. Well, many of them walk to the edge and then stop. Like Luke. But full well knowing that you have to go down that path and come back. There sometimes it, for them, I'd say ninety nine percent. That's a no go, at least ninety nine point nine. Did he? Well, like, yeah, he, his his whole lightsaber, uh, his whole lightsaber style is tapping into the dark side and using whoever he's fighting his essence against them. Yeah, you know, I I always find that kind of like a very interesting backdooring of, of of lore See, you watch revenge of the sith which is really our only look at at uh mace windu in dual action it's like where's the dark side i don't get it like when you watch palpatine yeah that guy moves like a snake like you can see the dark side pouring out of that guy when i watch mace windu i'm like i don't get it <laughs> what's what's so dark about his style Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I just in in look, you know, trying to find some notes to answer Rick's question. Like we, the, the most interesting thing to me that is that the the cosmic force did kind of go to sleep, which is why we get episode seven called "The Force Awakens." You know, so it sounds like this cosmic force somehow needs to be kept in check. I don't know. I don't, is, is it should it be dormant? Does is putting it to sleep? The balance it seeks, I don't. I don't know. I I really don't know. And you know, as long as things are alive, and I think Star Wars encourages the idea of of life and and things being like you know bursting with life and all that stuff, presumably feeding into the cosmic force. I I don't know. I. <laughs> I don't understand this stuff. Picture it, man. Like the living force, bringing the balance between living force and light and dark will uh, make the cosmic force exponential kind of, you know, it's like a cyclical thing, man. Like one's going to boost the other. Once they really figure out what their roles are, Ray and Kylo, it's going to make everything perfect. It's either that or again, the force becomes nullified completely. I can't. I can't see them doing that. 
Like what? A, what a, I don't want an ambiguous ending. That's for sure. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I, so, I, no, I, I just got to be can't. some like conclusion here. There's, we got a lot of stuff happening here, man. There's got to be some answers. I don't know. It's it's it seems like almost like Matrix, where yeah, we're gonna we're just shutting it off. This is the fourth episode nine. Ugh. No, like to, <laughs> like shutting down the force to me sounds like no go territory. Like that's the whole point of, of you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I think to move forward in a successful way, it's like you have to have a new understanding of the Force. And like Ray is this Skywalker, this rise of... I know people don't... So many people have been against it, but I, I'm personally all about it. And that Ray kind of adopts the name in the sense where her and Kylo can now be cousins or brothers or sisters, whatever you want to call it, in the Force. Not this platonic love in the for the Raylos, you know like i see it like that like going down like that there has, doesn't have to be this romantic thing going on between them but this total understanding of when it comes to the end of them really coming together and understanding what they need to do the way i'm looking at it now is that the, the skywalkers all of them end up force ghosted and i know i've said for the longest time that I'm sticking with, with Leia living. But you can almost see where they just force ghost all of them. And this broken, dysfunctional family ends up together in the light side of the Force. You know what I mean? And they just... Pfft, done. They're they're done. And then you get Rey at the end. And she's just... Uh, she's like... She's the embodiment of balance. And so you've raised everything to the ground in terms of force users and you get Ray at the end and she's, she's the one that's figured it out. Yeah, I get that. Anyway, I, I like her figuring it out. I don't mind. No, I think it'll, whoever figures it out, figures it out, but it's Ray that carries the torch forward. But again, like the rise of Skywalker, I think that can possibly be her carrying the torch, moving forward with something new, not something that's this dogmatic view like something yeah, no, where I think she, she's yeah. brought balance and says like this is how we need to move forward with force users but it's, it, that's never going to be explicitly explained i don't think why not like i, th I think it will be like the yin and the yang man i think 38 be, days boys 38 days i think it'll just be made clear that ray ray's got raised the balance she's figured it out she's gone you know she's she's been put through the test She's she manages her dark. She's obviously full of light. She'll have, she's she'll obviously have... a clone of Darth Vader, so the prophecy still makes sense. And she she will have accepted her destiny. All that stuff will will just lead up to her being like JJ is all about. I think the symbolic, the metaphorical. He's not going to go and explain all this stuff. There's no way. Can I, can I just say something quick, quick? For for uh, just to, to 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 hit on what Corey just said about the prophecy, yeah, the Jedi were wrong about everything. Yep. So why should we put so much stock in the prophecy? Because it's a when, Sith when, prophecy too. When because 
specifically when Mace Windu says, or so the prophecy says. <laughs> well, the only thing I say it to that now. Have you re- read what Rick was talking about in Master and Apprentice, the way the prophecy is written? It's very pertinent to future canon from what I gather. The only thing I say about that prophecy is that when George Lucas said, that's the prophecy done, Anakin did it, that's it. The creator told you. He gave you the answer. That's it. It's loophole. Ray is Anakin, and oh Jesus! <laughs> you know, I didn't really miss these loopholes. I'll be honest. No, 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 no. There's... Either way, I, I honestly, I've always felt that there's room for the prophecy to be rewritten, especially if oh, he himself. God, they're had not doing episodes that. Written. They're not tampering with George's stuff, and if they do, they are going to invite. Uh, if you think the fallout from the last well, couple of years in, is bad. In writing episode seven, they've tampered with George's stuff. So right from the get-go, again, like seven, eight, nine for Lucas was Metachlorians and whatnot, the living fours. I think they're going to take all that and kind of go with his ideas still to... They're not going to destroy Anakin's legacy. They're not going to. He had an idea too, right? He won in seven, eight, nine. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know that it had anything to do with undoing what Anakin did. And if he well, did, if, if, if he much, did, if that would if pretty much in that regard, there, there's no, it, like if, if George Lucas decided no to undo what he, what Anakin Skywalker did, that would be his choice. But there's no way current people at Lucasfilm are going to undo what Lucas did. There's not a we know chance in hell to do He's consulted that. with them. If you're going to have Anakin in this film, there's got to be some kind of reason. Do we, like, we don't know that Anakin's in this. I was the chosen one guy. We don't know that Anakin's in this. No, we don't. But either way, for this all to come undone, it's very anticlimactic for Anakin. It brings his story down either way. To have him not be involved, in my opinion, and to be uh, helpful to Rey and make that prophecy be make more sense would really solidify the story instead of just him being like, well, I did my part 30 years ago, kind of fell apart. Now it's your turn. Like it would help if it all came together. Like GJ said, like I'm bringing back Palpatine because why would you start a story at this point and not bring back these characters? Why not bring back the chosen one and have that make sense to raise character and it all come together somehow. You get a lot of heads together. You can make a story like that work somehow. Again, put us in a room together for long enough. We might come up with a cool story. These guys are paid to do that. Like, I would hope that it all comes together full circle. You know what I mean? It has to. I agree. But it's going to have to be in a way that doesn't say, well, all that stuff that Anakin did doesn't count. No, I agree with you. I don't want it to say that it doesn't count. I want him to be a big part of this, and I want it to all make sense together, and it still can. Well, I, yeah, for sure it still can, but it's going to be all a depends fine, how they do it. it. It's going to be a tricky act. Yeah, that's right. But that's what they're paid to do. That's what we deserve <laughs> as fans. And oh, you know who you're sounding like now, Corey. I don't care. I have hard-earned money that I pay lots of for. Oh, wow. You Good. sound like one of them. You're not... A, and so do I. So why is your money worth more than mine? It is. Just because, Carlos, and you know it. 
Okay. <laughs> well then. On that note. <laughs> Jesus. 2,100. Well, and we know this is a recurring thing with Corey. We're like, I've earned this. I'm, it has to be this. I'm owed this. <laughs> and I'm it could have been. Any of that. It should just be so much deeper, man. Man. You guys hear the comments this week? <laughs> you and Carlos are like two 60-year-old men. That's just you two are like. You love to complain. You just love it. Really? Yeah. Kind of. Were we complaining? <laughs> well, you like the bitch. You guys love the bitch. Hey, who's who's sending messages behind the scenes here saying, speed it up, man? Who's complaining? I I, my last message is from Carlos saying, okay, blubber bush, trim the hedges. Because <laughs> yeah, you were blabbing. <laughs> it was all gold, baby. Yeah, yeah, Culture, yet, go. and yet. You scripted this all out and still managed to drop an F-bomb. <laughs> I'm passionate, okay? <laughs> is that, I get is... very passionate about this. Rick got me all sweaty. This mm. force stuff. Like, Rick, we are on. We are in the same band, bro. Like, we are kicking the same drum. I love it. Like, you really nailed something here, man. Anyway, I, I can't do it. I can't deal with this anymore. So 38 days, 38 days. (laughs) Oh man, Rick, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks. You you, you got Corey all wound up. That's for damn sure. Thanks, Rick. (laughs) But that is going to do it for this week. Episode 200 (laughs) is done. If you want to be a part of the podcast, send your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And uh, again, thank you guys. Thank you to Rob Williams, to Mr. Kigo, to Rick, to Stu, to Dave, all you guys. Mr. Rob Cast sent in a brilliant note as well. Thank you guys for all your kind words. You've, you've made this milestone episode really, really special. And we're beyond, we're, we're, we're way beyond lucky to have you, have you all with us. And thank you again to uh, anybody who's ever stuck an earbud in their ear. And wherever you've brought us with you, thank you so much for doing so. Uh, it's, it's a privilege to be able to, uh, to accompany you. And talk Star Wars with you all day, every week. We love it. We hope you guys love it too. And if you do love what we do, you know, help us out. You can share this with the, this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review, and uh, check us out on Patreon. Become a powerful friend. No better time than now to do it after 200 episodes. Come jump on the uh, powerful friend bandwagon and get all kinds of uh, early access and exclusive podcast content. And let's give a shout out to our friend. Rob Wade over at Emotionally14.com for endorsing this episode of the podcast. And you can learn more about the E14 endorsed podcasts like The Nerd Room and others at Emotionally14.com. And be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network where we've got eight great podcasts. Everybody's doing great work in the lead up to The Mando and to Rise of Skywalker. So check it out. StarWarsCommonwealth.com is our base on the web. Or you can find us on iTunes as a podcast provider. And with all that out of the way, let's end the episode here. Guys, where can we find you on social media? Carlos, where are you at? I'm at C Candido Music on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow my music page on Facebook at Carlos Candido Music. And for everything else, go to carloscandidomusic.com. Corey? Well, let's just say 
Carlos, thank you very much. Kylo, thank you very much. Everybody listening, thank you very much. 200. Can't believe it, man. So hit me up at Chop Rules with a Z. And join us in our closed Facebook group. It's a... It's I'm, a, a, I'm a creeper. It's what? It's what? I'm a creeper. <laughs> it's been said. It's been... It's true. I I, I don't get a, ch- a chance to uh, involve myself too much with that recently, so... Yeah, too busy drinking. Yeah, that, uh, you know, <laughs> constructing stuff. Can you f- hear me face palming over here? My face hurts. My temples hurt. It was a good show. 200, guys. Yeah, it fell flat on its face. <laughs> yeah. Great. That's a, that's excellent. All right, guys. Uh, I'm at Tumbling Saber <laughs> on Twitter, on Instagram. Check us out in the closed Facebook group, and uh, that'll do it. <laughs> What's up for our powerful friends this week? You guys are going to get another edition of Luminous Beings. <laughs> And uh, everybody else, we'll catch you in episode 201. (laughs) That's it. We're done. You guys talk about thousands of episodes and hundreds of episodes. That's it. I'm done. I'm fed up. Fine enough. Bye, everybody. All these goddamn notes. (laughs) Good grief. Anyway, that's it, everybody. Once every 200 episodes, I can I can do that. Hope you guys have a great week. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember episode 100. I was like, no, no, don't do anything for episode 100. Me and James were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get do some stuff. I was like, don't do a thing. <laughs> Next thing you know, we have like eight voicemails or something. <laughs> like, here, put this together, Kyle. He's like, yeah. Are you done? I'm done. The guy who's bitching behind the scenes to close out the podcast because I thought this podcast was already over. You could have ended this a long time ago. No, this is all gold. I should have ended this maybe 20 minutes ago. You should have. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll look into your little 15 minute soliloquy and and. If that thing was beautiful, you got to send that to Rick because Rick's going to be on the same page and he's going to understand. And he's a real Star Wars fan. Nobody understands you. Dude, you you just can't get to that level. But Rick's on that level. This is so good. Dude. Is it though? I mean, is this really the way you want to go out in episode 200? (laughs) Well, yeah, because honestly, I'm going to listen back to what I said about what Rick said and I'm going to be happy. So, yeah. And then we'll check back with you in 38 days when none of your ideas come to pass and you're going to go, (laughs) no, I'm not. I'm just not like that. I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully enjoy what I see, but if I don't, I won't. And I'll let you know. (laughs) I chop rules with a Z. And it's true. You know, I've only had two beer tonight too. You know, it's just late. It's yeah, like but midnight. yeah, okay, yeah, but they're probably like the uh, five hundred or like the seven hundred and fifty <laughs> no, milliliter cans. Three hundred forty-one, man. I think I have like the the. I don't know, man. I'm or the, or there's thirteen percent. No, they're what is it? Four point nine. Ooh, it's not cool. Yeah, not Feeling cool. It. 
Maybe you should stay sober for the next few days, you know, considering your wife is overdue well, to give birth. You think two beer over, I don't know, the last Who plays hours? Russian roulette like this? Two beer. <laughs> You're a lot of beer an hour. <laughs> Jesus. The guy might have to get the call at any minute. Let's go to the hospital. Seriously. And he's doing the calculus okay, to had, figure out how much I've beer had, he can It's 11.52. I've had two beers since 9.30. What am I going to do? I don't know. Oh, my God. Call an ambulance. <laughs> Uber. Jesus Christ. Let's call this show. All right, guys. That's it. May the force be with you guys. We'll see you next week. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams fall away Signs blindly to the lines on your face Beating strong Drifting, not relive this dream over and over and over again. Please don't leave my heart broken, bleeding. Don't believe it. breathing if only to see you next to me sleeping soundly smiling not really this dream over and over Now you're running away, darling.
Why you running? Why you running? Please don't leave my heart broken and bleeding. Why you running? Why you running?